the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky team. <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a great question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Thank you. For my first encore, I'd like to turn to a type of song. (laughs) The type of song that people like myself find ourselves subjected to with increasing frequency as time goes on, and that is the college alma mater. You find yourself at a reunion of old grads and old undergrads, and uh, somebody will start croaking out one of these things, and everyone will gradually join in, each in his own key, of course, until the place is just soggy with nostalgia. Well, a typical such song might be called Bright College Days, and might go like this. Glasses raised on high. <laughs> Let's drink a toast as each of us recalls ivy covered professors in ivy covered halls. Turn on the spigot, pour the beer and swig it, and Gaudiama it a tour. <laughs> Two parties we tossed To the games that we lost We shall claim that we won them someday 
To the girls young and sweet To the spacious back seat Of our roommate's beat-up Chevrolet <laughs> To the beer and Benzedrine To the way that the dean Tried so hard to be pals with us all To excuses we fibbed To the papers we cribbed From the genius who lived down the hall To the tables down at Maury's Wherever that may be <laughs> Let us drink a toast to all we love the best We will sleep through all the lectures And cheat on the exams And we'll pass And be forgotten with the rest Soon we'll be out Amid the cold world's strife Soon we'll be sliding down The razor blade of life As we go our sordid separate ways, we shall ne'er forget thee, thou golden college days. Hearts full of youth, hearts full of truth, six parts gin to one part vermouth. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Spotlight, helping us uh, shift gears this hour. We're going to be talking about uh, college admissions with America's college counselor Sarah Harberson, the author of a new book called Soundbite The Admissions Secret That Gets You Into College and Beyond. And uh, then we're going to talk about the country's first uh, major film studio, Vitagraph, coming up in the third half of our three hour tour. Should be uh, should be interesting, so stay tuned. And hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My uh, guest this hour has uh, become known as America's College Counselor. She is the author of a book called Soundbite. It... Uh, contains the admission secret that gets you into college and beyond. Her name is Sarah Harberson. She joins me by phone. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. 
Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. I'm going to borrow a, a line from the introduction to your book um, at the risk of being a little cliche and ask uh, how you got the name America's Counsel- uh, College Counselor. Well, I spent half of my career working on the college side, reading applications from students at the University of Pennsylvania, then I became a dean of admissions at Franklin and Marshall College, but then I switched and started working with students directly. But for all of my career, I've always wanted to share my knowledge as much as possible because I didn't even know what a college counselor was when I was in high school, and I sure needed one. So my whole... um, platform is about making sure that all families applying to college have this information. So I feel like I'm not just some private college counselor that only works with the rich and famous. I am America's college counselor because I offer Instagram lives every week. I have a weekly blog. I have free resources all over my website to help families through this process. So that's why I am America's college counselor because I am the college counselor for all. How has um, getting into college changed in the in the wake of uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic? For some colleges, they've seen enormous application increases, um, which means that it's becoming even more and more selective than ever before, especially at those highly selective colleges. Because of the pandemic, a lot of colleges also adopted what's called a test optional policy, which means a student could apply without the SAT or ACT, making the admissions process even more subjective than ever before. You know, if you have test scores, you have grades, those are objective criteria. And honestly, those keep you competitive in an applicant pool, but they don't help you stand out. So... All of those subjective pieces like the extracurricular activities, your essay, your interview, your letters of recommendation, if you don't have a plan in place and you just do what you think you should do or what everybody else is doing, you're not going to stand out in an applicant pool for college admissions and, frankly, for you know, a job interview, for an internship, to get a book deal like I just did a couple years ago and get my book published. So my whole approach working with students is to uncover the things about ourselves. They can be academic in nature. They can be our culture, our background, our family, um, a personal skill, an extracurricular passion, an academic interest, whatever it is. We've got to uncover that and really nail down what it is that makes us special. What is our essence? And make sure that that comes through in your application because, Admissions officers are going to come up with a soundbite about you no matter what. I remember being trained my first year as an admissions officer at Penn, and I was told, read the application as quickly as possible, write an admissions decision, accept, deny, waitlist, and you better have a reason to back that up. And that one sentence back, backing up statement, that is a soundbite. And we want to make sure that students understand that this is their process, not the college's. And you can't let colleges dictate how your application is read. You want to set the narrative. You want to create the story. You want to write the soundbite that represents you in the most authentic, accurate, distinctive, and powerful way. And that's what I teach in the book. And that's what I teach with families in my private Facebook group, Application Nation. That's what I spread to anyone who will listen. 
um, this this is I'm going to try and combine two questions into one here, Sarah. So bear with me. Um, are are more people maybe because of the of the pandemic and and some of the job loss that's occurred going back to college? And is it tougher for people going back to college to go through the admissions process than younger people who are, you know, just completing K through 12 and moving on to the next phase in their um, matriculation? can be very difficult for um, an adult to apply to college for the first time or try to transfer, or as you said, maybe they took time off and now they're trying to get back into it. It's even harder because they are probably a more mature, more developed, um, different person than they were in high school. So they have changed, and their soundbite has changed as well. So the great thing about soundbite is that it can apply to every stage of your life. But in the admissions process, you need something to guide you, especially if you're not getting a whole lot of guidance from colleges, you don't have a private college counselor, or your college counselor at your high school doesn't even know who you are. So the soundbite concept allows us to kind of stay focused on what really matters, and it's usually very different than what students and parents believe. You know, a lot of people think that you need to do certain activities, like you have to play a sport, or you have to play a musical instrument, or you have to take certain classes, but the truth is you got to follow your own path. And if you can create a soundbite or a story behind it, you're really going to impress everybody on the receiving end. Those admissions officers, the person who's interviewing you for a job, you know, and Tom Sumner on the other end of an interview. You've got to be able to sum yourself up in a short amount of time because you just don't know how much time you're going to have with that person who's evaluating you and judging you. Yeah, like... um and I was I was trying to imagine in my mind what my soundbite might be, and and for some reason a quote from Larry King kicked in. Um, somebody he had, he'd pressed some politician with a, a difficult policy question, and um, <laughs> and the person said, "Well, how would you solve that problem?" And Larry said, <laughs> "Oh, I don't have answers. I just have questions." <laughs> Uh, you know, and as we, it's so true, as we become, you know, more aware with more experience, more wisdom and maturity, we kind of understand ourselves a whole lot better, right? And I'm not asking teenagers to know, you know, exactly what their soundbite is the moment I speak to them. But it really does force us to look inward and really understand ourselves better at this point you know my soundbite's really short it did change though tom this week because my book got published it used to just be i am america's college counselor this week it changed to i am america's college counselor and the author of soundbite so nobody else in the world has that soundbite but me and that's what I really encourage students to do because I think, especially in high school, we often follow the crowd. We want to blend in. But the students who stand out, you know, those students that we knew that we went to high school with, those students that stood out, maybe they got made fun of. Maybe they were bullied. Maybe they were, you know, beat up for being different. But those are the individuals now that are doing remarkable things in our community and well beyond. 
And that's what I want students to think about um, because being different really gets you very far in every industry, in every every chapter of your life. More with America's college counselor, Sarah Harberson, straight ahead. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org.
Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More with America's College Counselor, Sarah Harberson, straight ahead. I, I want to talk more about the development of, of a person's soundbite and how you came up with the idea of, of, for soundbite and, and what it yeah. means and about the book. But I came across something in, in my notes and uh, in, in some of the talking points about the book. Um and and there's this simple phrase, and it threw me, the relevance of college board's decision to eliminate the SAT subject tests and optional essay. Um, I, I was thrown by the phrase college board. Um, yeah. I, I, is, is there some college board somewhere, some federal <laughs> thing that sets standards, or are you talking about individual colleges' boards? So the College Board is one of two major testing agencies. They oversee actually not just the SAT, but the AP curriculum, the Advanced Placement Curriculum, AP exams, and until July, subject tests as well. This, the other testing agency that is well known is the ACT. So they're, the name of the company same name of the test. But College Board can be confusing, but they oversee the SAT. And you're right, starting in July, the College Board, that's just their testing agency name, is going to be eliminating the subject tests, which were a very challenging additional standardized test that a lot of highly selected colleges used to want to see. And they're also going to be eliminating a very uh, specialized SAT called the SAT with Essay. Now, this is a longer test. This is a more expensive tests, but interestingly, there are no longer any colleges in the country that require the SAT with essay. If they require a test, it's just simply the SAT or the ACT. But finally, colleges realized that they needed to make a very clear stand, that they didn't need the SAT with essay or the equivalent, the ACT with writing. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of families sign their kid up for the more expensive test because they think that's what the colleges want, but in fact, that's not the case. Unfortunately, there's still a lot of states that have bought the SAT with essay and are making their students take that test for high school graduation. The college board has gotten more money as a result because it's a more expensive test. But starting in July, it will no longer be available. Isn't Isn't that... I, I can't help thinking that that's a little bit of a step backwards because I, I, I think writing and uh, proficiency with writing and language is, is so important and it's, it's becoming a lost art. I completely agree. But the good news is that most colleges require at least one college essay, sometimes multiple ones, and there are even some colleges out there that require a graded P 
paper as part of the application. So, for example, when you apply to Princeton, you submit the application and everything else that is expected, but also you have to submit a paper that you wrote for a school assignment with the teacher's grade and comments right on it to make sure that those essays that you wrote make sense given the graded paper that you submit. So writing is still a big part of the admissions process. Unfortunately, the essay section of the SAT and the writing section of the ACT, there's been a lot of criticism that it doesn't reflect true writing ability of a student, the way it's graded, uh, the way it's given, and it, the way it's delivered. Um, and the results don't really show off when a student can write really well. So that's why the SAT with essay is no longer going to be offered. And I would guess the ACT organization is probably going to have to eliminate the ACT with writing. It's basically the equivalent because families are starting to hear from people like me, you don't need to take that longer, more expensive test. Just simply the SAT or ACT, and they're going to be great places, great colleges and great spots in your application to show off your writing ability. I'd be remiss, Sarah, because it's been in the news so much, if I didn't ask America's college counselor and somebody who's written a book about college admissions about the recent college admissions scandals. They've gotten so much attention that, you know, I'm, I'm just really curious what your thoughts are and how common or uncommon is it for that pay-to-play scenario to, to evolve, whether, whether it's like what we saw with the, the Hollywood celebrities, you know, trying to buy their kids' way into colleges, or if it's, you know, preferential treatment to the children of big donors to a college. The colleges can't get away with what they've gotten away with for decades. It's, it would be shocking to a regular parent or student to find out what really happens behind closed doors. And that's the thing about the college admissions process. A college doesn't need to justify an admissions decision. They do that behind closed doors, and they do it very, very quickly. So for a very long time, they've made decisions that benefit themselves. So, you know, if your family has donated a lot of money, if your family has political connections, if you know someone important who's going to advocate for you, if you are a recruited athlete, you can be treated very differently than someone who is not a recruited athlete. There's been racial discrimination, bias against students with learning differences, students who are on the autism spectrum. There's a lot of shady stuff that has happened for decades. It is my hope that finally with the admission scandal breaking that the public knows a little, a tiny little bit of what went on so that colleges don't get away with this um, ever again. But that's the thing. The process has been so secretive, and colleges and admissions offices have been able to get away with so much. When I was a 24-year-old admissions officer at Penn, I saw things I never could have imagined. Um and it was about connections at times. It was about legacy. It was about who you knew. It was about how you looked. It could be about what high school you went to. But as the deans of admission change, and I was one of them, I was 
probably one of the only female deans of admission back in 2008 when I got hired to be the dean at Franklin and Marshall. As deans of admissions, admissions change, you know, they are a younger group, they are more diverse, more diverse experiences and backgrounds, and their staff is trained differently and uh, more training than ever before, then hopefully we can start to level the playing field so that a student coming from a regular background who does extraordinary things can stand out in an applicant pool and get admitted as well. And 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 so I would imagine that your book, um, Sarah, Soundbite, The Admission Secret That Gets You Into College and Beyond, is is designed to do exactly that, to help regular folk (laughs) stand out and and, uh, show their best side. Yeah, I mean, I went to a high school where most students didn't go to college. Um, I didn't, I just had to figure this out on my own, and that stayed with me. I loved applying to college. I loved visiting all the different colleges, and I knew I had found something that I absolutely loved. But my goal is to not make it a secret. That's the thing with private college counseling. If you work with a family because they can afford to, you know, hire you, they're not going to share your secrets. They're just going to keep it to themselves. And then all these other people that really need Sarah Harbison's secrets don't get them. So the more um, I talk about it, the more I write. I write a weekly blog. I'm on all, you know, these interviews, and I write a book so that every single student has the same advantages as the next student, so that they have an equal playing field, a level playing field when they apply to college, because money and connections and lives should never be the reason a student gets into college. And interestingly, in the book, you use a lot of examples of students that you have counseled, and um and but you've carefully rewritten their stories so they're not identifiable it's a little like changing the names to protect the uh, yeah. the innocent yeah. <laughs> um why was that important why not use actual stories and and get the permissions needed to do that yeah so i i am all about ethics and honesty, but when you're working with young people who are not adults yet, um, parents are sometimes very protective um, about their children and their accomplishments and where they're going to end up in college. And when I was finishing up my book, my publisher and the legal department made it clear it was really important to protect these students' identities. So I would change little things. So if I was talking about You know, if it was a female student, I might change it to a male student. If the student ultimately got into and went to Harvard, I would change it to Stanford. Um, I would make small little things that wouldn't change the essence of their soundbite, but would protect their identities. Because in many ways, there are, you know, a lot of students are protective and private about you know, what got them into college. But if they work with me, they've got a soundbite, and that soundbite will take them very far in the admissions process, and then they can adapt it as they move forward in life. My goal when I'm talking to a student, though, is to uncover the things that make them special. And I pick out things that they don't even see in themselves. And then we string them together to put together a one-sentence statement, 40 words or less, that no one else in the world has 
and that helps them figure out everything they need for the application process and it allows them to stand out no matter what their background is. I was going to ask you about that, um, you know, what the what the criteria was for developing a soundbite if it was as simple as saying, you know, paint your best self in 40 words or less. Yeah, I, I do have some things that I want students to keep in mind, but there are five rules. Um, the, the concise one sentence statement is one of them. Um, it's got to be 40 words or less because you just, especially if you're in an interview setting, you're being interviewed for college admissions, you've got to be able to sum yourself up in a very concise and powerful way. So it really forces the student to do that much earlier, well before their first college interview. Um, that's one of the rules. Second rule is it's got to be written in the first person. Mom and dad can't write it for you. And even if they do help you with it, you've got to own it. It's got to be true to who you are so that you are being honest and accurate and authentic and you are not going to lie and cheat your way about your soundbite and getting into college. The third rule is it needs to be written in the present tense. Um, we are an ambitious society. We think about our future. We have goals in mind in our future. We also sometimes get stuck in the past um, about things that we achieved several years earlier. But the college admissions process and really every major industry celebrates who you are right now. You can be really ambitious, but if you're not doing anything to get there, then you're probably not going to stand out. So re the, sound, the soundbite rule, one of them is to live in the present tense. So not what you used to do or what you want to do, but what you're doing right now it really makes us do something impactful. Uh, another rule is only nouns and verbs. And that's because nouns and verbs are actionable. Adjectives and adverbs are simply modifiers. They can't be on their own. They just modify those nouns and verbs. So I really encourage students to think about themselves in terms of nouns and verbs because they're not going to be used as often as adjectives and adverbs. We say that you're hardworking and ambitious, you haven't really learned much about me. So the more specific you can get with nouns and verbs, the better. And then finally, that one-sentence statement needs to be a, a statement that nobody else in the world has. And that really does allow you to be super special, whatever it is. You could be a very strong biology student. You could be a student with really strong public speaking skills. You could be a very creative student that makes costumes. Whatever it is, the soundbite concept allows you to celebrate it. So all types of students from all different backgrounds can have a really powerful soundbite. And who can benefit most from the examples that you share in the book Soundbite and some of the tips that you give? Is it really best for college-bound students, especially maybe high school juniors and seniors? It starts with high school students to make sure that they're being self-aware and intentional and able to tell a story about themselves. But the Soundbite concept can and should be applied at every stage of your life. And as you grow and change and evolve and develop, your soundbite should do that as well. You know, if I think about who I was in high school, it's very different than who I am now. I didn't even know, you know, there was a college counselor out there, so I didn't even know I could become one. But I think a lot of people focus on 
who they are in high school and feel like they can't change or people get into a career and they feel like they can't make a career change, but you can. And if you follow your soundbite, you will feel fulfilled. You won't be miserable at your job. You won't be feeling stuck. The soundbite concept really allows every person at every stage to really adapt, evolve, and pivot because we know um, that people change jobs, they change careers, they transfer from one college to the next, they go to graduate school, they retire, they go back into the workforce. We're constantly changing um, what, we're cur- what, what we're doing. And so Soundbite allows you to stay focused on what's really important to you at that moment in time. I was just going to ask if, if a Soundbite is like a, like a snapshot and, and something yeah. that, that captures the moment. Um, and with Soundbite in mind, um, should people, especially young people, who maybe don't have a lot of achievement or accomplishments yet by just by virtue of their age and opportunities. Um, should they be trying to write their soundbite with the way they live? Yes. Even the student that has major family responsibilities that limits them from doing any clubs or sports after school those family responsibilities speak to who he is as a person, as a son, as a grandson, as a brother. And so just family responsibilities can actually create your soundbite. Maybe he's taking care of his three younger siblings while both parents are working full time. He's cooking for them. He's helping them with homework. He's putting them to bed. He's picking them up from school. And it's interesting because maybe he is that caregiver all the time and he ultimately wants to be a doctor or a pediatrician of all things wouldn't that be cool if a soundbite actually talked about what he's like as a big brother and the role he plays within his family that to me would be a whole lot more interesting than any student that you you know you ask what do you want to be and they just say i want to be a doctor but they have no soundbite to back it up gotcha well this is this is fascinating um you know, I've always been kind of negative about the phrase soundbite because of the way that it's applied in news and, and politics. Um, but this is a very different thing than not telling the whole story. It, this is about telling the story concisely. That you want to be remembered by and for. Yeah. And you know what I mean when I say that, because when I hear sound bites in news or in politics, I think they're not telling the whole story. Exactly. Well, you know, the thing is, your application doesn't include everything, and it shouldn't. Your sound bite shouldn't either. You just got to pick out the things that are really special that you want to be remembered for. And you'll get a kick out of this. Some, a lot of people say, where did you come up with the term soundbite? Because it's used in your industry, Tom, not mine. Yeah, right. I, I was a college counselor at a high school an hour and a half away from home. I would listen to, you know, the radio. And I was listening to a Howard Stern interview. He was interviewing a musician. And he asked the musician, how have you been able to be so successful for 20, 30 years, you've created. And the musician came back with a statement about how special his music was, that no other musician was doing what he was doing. 
And Howard Stern said in reply to him, that's your soundbite. And that's when I knew I had the right term to apply. Because the college admissions process, they're judging you so quickly, and I want students to be ready for that. Well, I think it's a tremendous notion, and I wish you all the, the luck in the world with the book. Um, when did or does the book come out officially? It came out this week. You can get it on Amazon or any website that sells books. You can even get it on my website, sarahharberson.com. It'll give you a link um, to get it. So I hope it's helpful to every family out there. They don't need to spend a lot of money. They just need to buy soundbite. Well, I, I have to tell you, you um, you just did the perfect soundbite because I was going to ask you to end the interview how people could find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future, but you already shared the website. So we'll... Uh, We'll leave it there. But, Sarah, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Tom. All right. Take care. That was uh, Sarah Harberson, America's college counselor and the author of Soundbite, the admissions secret that gets you into college and beyond. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. For a while, so I'll be staying here inside. It's too dangerous out in the world. I'll see you on the other side when I'm in my quarantine. In my little place, too high. My heart is aching and I'm missing you. I'll see you on the other side.
Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck up. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table 
double dancing headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. It may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! From the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I played football for Temple University, and it's the truth, see? Don't keep asking me, did you really play? Yes, I really played. At one time, I had a beautiful body. I weighed, uh, I weighed 192 pounds, and they made me a fullback. Now, before you start tuning up, let me get my story finished. <laughs> no, the truth of the matter is that uh, it didn't take much to play for t- Temple at the time that I was playing, because we had lost 27 games in a row. And uh, we played against real weak teams. I mean, teams like uh, Muhlenberg, Lafayette, um, what's it, Gettysburg, yeah. Get, they all beat us. They all killed us. Especially Hofstra. Hofstra beat us 900 or nothing. <laughs> In their street clothes, man. They wiped us out. You know? Vassar wouldn't even play us. That's how bad we were, man. Get out of here. We don't even want you on our schedule. So, I want to give you some insight as to what goes on in the loser's locker room. We are going to play against Hofstra, which is a really terrible school. They killed us every year, boy. And when you play for a team like Temple, you got nothing to do except pace up and down in the locker room. And you say to yourself, boy, I sure do hope I don't get hurt. <laughs> I almost made a tackle last week. I must have been crazy out there. Nobody else is trying out there. I don't know why I got to be the one all the time. I play on the second team, which is actually the nut squad. Now, these are guys that can play, but they're afraid. They don't want to go out there, so they do nutty things. Like they put the helmet on sideways, looking out through the ear hole. <laughs> guys got on scuba diving suits, no shoe, and an ice skate, you know, walking around. <laughs> second team is very quiet, because they're going to go out, scared to death. That's what they are. Catholics on the squad always seem to have something special going, because they're over in the corner. Domino's father, please, Domino's but I figure if it works for him, yeah, me too, Father. He's a friend of mine. He told me how to do this. Here, please accept me. And we'll pace it up and down. First team's getting last rights. And we're one. The coach is drawing trick plays on the blackboard because he has no personnel whatsoever and he knows he's got to work with something that'll trick him. You know. All right, you guys, listen up. Uh, when they come out of the huddle, line up backwards. <laughs> And just let them run right over you, and then we'll raise the flag and everything while you're singing the national anthem, all right? We'll get pity somewhere, I'll tell you that. Then comes the athletic director, says, I'd like to talk to the boys. What? I'd like to talk to the boys. Okay. May I have your attention, please, fellas? This is uh, the athletic director. 
Mr. Ernie Cassell. It's the man that's responsible for giving most of you the scholarships. <laughs> He'd like to talk to you, Mr. Cassell. Thank you very much, Coach Macris. Well, boys, here we are again. We're going out and have another fine football game. Gonna go out and play against Hofstra, because you already know that. You know, they beat us last year 900 to nothing. The year before that, they beat us 900 to nothing. I was over in their locker room, had a chance to look at some of their players, and Christ, they're bigger than they were last year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I know, I know. Fellas, I looked out in the stands, we only have 12 people out there. And this is homecoming. Just want to say a few words to you. This is our first game on television. We want to keep this television contract going because this is the only way we can make some money to buy a little scuba diving suits and uh, snowshoes and ice skates for all the weird old squads here. <laughs> so we're gonna say to you, please, remember that you're on TV. By that I mean, don't worry about winning the game as much as we want you to be concerned with the fact that while you're out there on the field, we're gonna ask you, please, do not touch certain areas of your bodies while you're out there on the football field. Because if you're out there digging and scratching, people at home are gonna turn you right off and we're gonna lose the contract. So please, do not touch certain areas of your bodies while you're out there on the field. Now we're gonna pass out these affidavits and ask you to sign them, saying that you will not touch certain areas of your bodies while you're out there on a football field, all right? So we signed them and we went out, you know, and I'm with the second team and <laughs> First team's got the ninth time for last right. Hofstra came out of the locker room. I had never seen guys so big before in my life. They had just brought 11 guys with them. Smallest guy on the squad was 6'1", 490 pounds. He was a halfback. Ran 109-1, had long teeth hanging out of his mouth. Every one of them just had one eye in the center of the forehead. The coach was beating them out onto the field with a ball and chain, hitting them smack in the back of the head. Get out of here! Go on, Igor! What's good, Igor? First team said, oh God, don't look at him. If you don't look at him, you won't get scared. Second team went crazy. Guys are ripping their clothes off. I can't play naked! Out of the world. They come running down the field. First thing to throw some meat at them. Maybe they'll eat that. Get out of here. Oh, First thing to do. We run a play. There's a fire of dust. 11 Hofstra guys still standing. Oh. 11 Temple men out cold on the ground. Coach, all right, get the nut squad. Naked or not, get out there. We're carrying them off. And as we're carrying them off, I swear I heard one Temple guy on the ground say, can we get up now? No, you move. I'll punch you right in the mouth. So help me. Get out of here. We carry them off. And the coach all right, get out there. Second team, let's go. We got a quarterback that's 2-1. All right, run the kamikaze play on one. All right, kamikaze. Cosby up the middle, the whole team off the field. Break! We break out of the huddle, the quarterback goes up and says, shift! 
One, two, bing, gives me the ball. I take one step and I look and there's a hole. And I had never seen a hole. <laughs> playing for Temple. And I said, God, a hole. <laughs> I turned to the people in the stand, look at this, a hole, you see this? Said, yeah, hurry up, run. I said, wait a minute, it may be a mirage. <laughs> you can't tell. I said, well, I better get moving. I'll never forget it. It was a big hole with a defensive man on the ground. I planted one foot, stepped over him. When I did, he stood up and hit me. <laughs> and the pain was tremendous. And I threw down the ball and I said, oh. I've been hit in the... You'd better not touch. Any areas of your bodies while you're on the football here. So I grabbed my head. And I said, oh, yes, what's your matter? I said, I can't take nothing until they bring a commercial on, all right? Thank you and good night. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Thank you.
Alexander Zanjic, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 